TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now, more Gresham Fourier on WEEI. Speaking of the Patriots Fourier, yesterday the folks at Mass Live uh, on uh, some just fantastic reporting by... Uh, Mark Daniels and uh, Karen Garigian in particular, um, the breakdown of how it's going to go with the Patriots. Chris Mason and on that as well. But uh, according to Mass Live, it is draft quarterback at number three, sign a veteran free agent quarterback. So the discussion began with what kind of backup quarterback do you want? Meaning, do you want somebody to come in and just be good enough to continue to suck to get a really high pick in 2025? Or do you want a mid-level veteran free agent to come in where you're going to maybe try to win nine games? Because I don't think there really is room for a lot in between. Okay, so what kind of veteran do you want? I'll start with this because I know where you're going to end up going. I will not accept any scenario that involves Mac Jones staying in the building. So mid-level sucky quarterback, mm, yeah, uh, mid- what she would be that he would be considered. Now he's not an old vet, so I don't want to call. I don't want to hear take any calls about guys saying here. Here's the reason why you should take Mac. That opportunity is over. They don't want him. He knows it. He's going to go bye bye. So you'd rather pay eight million to Ryan Tannehill. Yes, I will I will start with the whole parameter aspect that the Red Sox use. Hey, Drod Mail, congratulations. Welcome to uh welcome to the long line of coaches that have been here for the New England Patriots. Um Elliot Wolf, you too, you guys should probably all come in the room. Hey, um uh, before you guys hire anybody, um the new the the new New England Patriots parameters, unlike and well similar to the Red Sox parameters, is Mac Jones cannot be part of it. So you can do anything you want. You can spend as much money as you want based on all the money that's available to us based Ooh. on the new cap and everything like that. You want to burn some cash. Burn some cash. Ooh. Just don't burn it on Mac Jones. I want $90 million for Kirk Cousins and we'll draft uh, him. Good. I three. like that idea. I, I like would, that idea. I, I would love that more. I really would. But I do think the drafting of a quarterback at number three requires this question to be answered first because you've got to go get that veteran so-called veteran quarterback and that is are you going to play the kid right away or not because even from day one Gerard Mayo had no idea what his offense was going to be had no connections for offensive coaches had people like Nick F and Kaylee Nick Kaylee 
turning down the OC job. And they already haven't decided whether they are or aren't going to play this guy, the number three pick. The fact that it's even being rolled out there, floated, people are reporting that they're going to go with the veteran free agent quarterback sure as hell sounds like they're going to put the young kid on pause and not throw him right in the lineup. Um, I don't, not necessarily. I don't know like what your philosophy would be if you were a new head coach in the NFL. Is it strictly, I don't care what school you went to, how much you accomplished, how many trophies you won in college. You're not ready, no matter how much you think you are, to be a quarterback in the league. I'm not doing it. I'd rather you sit. That's Here's, just that's my because I think some coaches are like that. They don't care. They don't care at all. Even though the guy shows you that he's ready, personally outplays the veteran quarterback. But you know what? You're you're risk averse, so you'd rather go with the veteran who literally is just holding the spot. Well, what's really interesting is is that Bill Belichick put Mac Jones and Cam Newton through those paces in terms of twenty twenty one and who was going to win the job. And Bill was one of those of okay, he's a rookie, but you know what? He earned the job in, in preseason and he can play. But they put him through paces. They put him through steps. There was a process that Mac had to go through with Bill and crew to earn that job. That's not happening here. Why do you think they will? They won't. They've already said they want to prioritize playing younger people, playing playing their draft picks. Right. However, it's hard to ruin a left tackle by playing them early. And it's easier to get them out of there. With the quarterback, obviously, ball in your hands. And you even mentioned it in hour one. Can't put him in and out of the lineup. So you got to be pot committed to, if we put him in and he sucks, we got to let him suck and drown out there. And here's the counter argument that no one ever brings up, okay? Why does it hurt to wait? It it, it Why does it hurt to let Jaden Daniels or Drake May or whomever they end up landing on waiting. Let's look at a couple of examples of that, right? Carson Palmer, pretty good player, sat for a year, ended up having a pretty nice career. Um, Patrick Mahomes sat. Patrick Mahomes sat for a year. That's an extreme example <laughs> going the other way. Bryce, I almost said Bryce. Bryce. No, I almost said Bryce Young. Jordan Love in Green oh. Bay sat for three years. And look how well that guy played this year. I don't know if there's been a quarterback in the NFL where they sat, played great, and what's the narrative? Oh, he should have played sooner? No, it's could have played sooner. But you're putting yourself in the best chance to have success. It's normally the, oh, you got to rush him in there. If you actually look at some of the people who were drafted high and waited, it's never really hurt them or kept anyone from being successful. I don't think you uh, – my philosophy philosophy would be um, I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to make sure I have, you know, a safety net with a veteran, with a guy that I know can play, and maybe not at a high level, but he's good enough, and we can win some games with him, and he's solid, and he's disciplined. That's what – I would want solid and disciplined as a backup as opposed to fast, modern-day quarterback – all that stuff. I want somebody locked in, disciplined, and risk averse. Right? I'm always going to eat it and throw an interception. I'm, I'm going to eat it. I'm not going. I'm not going to try and make that big throw mm-hmm. because uh, you're telling me this is complimentary football. Our defense is pretty good, so throwing it out of bounds. 
where the young guy would just literally try to make a play that he shouldn't, knowing that it's too risky, but underestimating the speed of linebackers, DBs, how they bait you, how quickly they can close. You realize in a hurry how fast these NFL cornerbacks are, these safeties are, how bright they are, the, the, the good ones, right? This is the starters, how easily they can bait you into making a mistake. So you can take the chance throwing it over the middle in between two safeties against Vanderbilt, but if you do that against even the Jets, it's going the other way. And that's why yesterday we were talking to Kurt Warner. I was like, I mentioned the age thing because you got Michael Penix, you got Bo Nix. They're both old, like 24, 25 years old. They're playing against literally 18 and 19-year-olds. Mm-hmm. None of them can even drink legally. Some of them, maybe they're 20. Who knows? But they're still, you're much more mature. You've seen twice as much as they have. You've seen, you've just seen it. You're like, you're an adult. You should be in the real world. And you're still playing in college football because you had a COVID year. You transferred, you redshirted, and now you're starting. And you're 25 years old, throwing against some DB who's you know, just out of high school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think those guys should dominate. But I would literally just play it by ear. If I recognize that he's ready ahead of schedule, I'm not holding him back. Well, and that's okay, but it still ties into the decision that you have to make on your veteran in free agency. And that's why that's why there has to be this discussion because I'm convinced that if if the Patriots win in 2024, a lot of it is by accident. I think they want to be bad again. They want to have a developmental year. It's going to be their guys that they're going to make decisions on. We went through the whole list of guys after the 24 season who are free agents on defense. There's a bunch of them. So on that side of the ball, you can almost wait a year, but you got to kind of lay the foundation for building offensively. But let's be perfectly clear about this. Unless the Patriots get incredibly lucky, they are going to and should suck next year to get the best pick for 2025 and then kind of go from there. Isn't C.J. Stroud the the ultimate best-case scenario? The ultimate best-case scenario is C.J. Stroud, Andrew Luck. How many Andrew Luck didn't even make the playoff his first year. Peyton Manning didn't make this playoffs the first year. No. Um, uh, Josh Allen didn't make the playoffs. Tua Tagovailoa didn't make the playoffs. Mac Jones did. Mac Jones did. Oh. Mac Jones did. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance. Because there's a lot of people talking about it. We even had a texter. How come you're not going with Fields and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr.? Listen, for whatever it's worth, and I know people don't like Mac, but the facts are there. Mac had more wins as a rookie than Fields has had in almost 40 starts. So stop. Just stop. Please. And that would somehow Fields can still be the guy everybody thought Max unsavable. Yeah, and I would say that's that's expected based on how it went so badly. It it literally just imploded. It burst into flames. Like that's what the issue was with Max. So I can easily understand how people would just naturally be like, "Whoo, this guy's fixed. This guy is more fixable than the other guy." Yeah, Even though the why, other guy is but, proven is more is proven more. Uh, uh but. What 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 are you saving with Fields other than what people hoped he could be four years ago? I don't think Fields, in order for Fields to be successful, I think that, first of all, I think it's a long shot. And the offense has to be so tailor-made for his strength, which, end, which ends which up limiting what? you, uh, yeah. which limits you what you can call because you don't want to pl- call this, you don't want to call that, he can't do this, he can't do that. 
So super strong defense. Make a couple plays. Use your legs when it matters. Because I would say, I mean, I look at like Patrick Mahomes and how slow he was in the combine. They, they keep showing his him running his 40 and they're putting linemen up there and he's getting mad and he's teasing. He's stopped putting up my 40. And he's one of the best runners in the NFL. He almost won the Super Bowl on his own by running a, a RPO. He never gets sacked because he escapes, but he runs a four. He ran a four eight at the combine. What makes sense of that? No, it's good. It's so the best scrambler in the NFL as a quarterback is literally the slowest of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're right. Hence, it makes no sense. Hence football and why it's so fun. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Remember, you can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI. Now, more of Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. 123, it's Gresh and Fourier. It's a Friday. Let's have a little fun. Uh, Fourier, I don't know about you as we sit here right now. We got Sam and Peter, and we're going to go to the phones, right? Um, yep. There's, uh, I'm, I don't know, the way this is kind of trending right now at the Combine, it feels like we could have a big Caleb Williams slippage from maybe being the number one pick. And there is a story in The Athletic, and it's a little much for us to kind of get to, Uh, but if you were wondering about Caleb Williams, his dad, the relationship that Caleb Williams and his dad have with these two guys that have been working with them. Like his PR team. It's his PR team, right? They're not his agents, so but they're the people who who like people in the NFL have had a hard time figuring out how to get to Caleb Williams because you don't know who to go to. So, like, for example, Drake May ended up with CAA. Okay. So CAA had been handling Drake May's name, image, and likeness deals at North Carolina, gave them a little bit of an in. There were a couple of agents that were in on the guy, but ultimately Drake May said, hey, I've been working with these people. I'm comfortable with them. 
So you would call CAA. You would know who would be handling it and say, I'd like to get a hold of Drake. May I got to do this, that, or the other. Da, da, da. With Caleb Williams, there's none of that. And it feels like all the stuff swirling around him on top of something that caught your eye today. Oh. On oh, the, the on the, on the on a, a big red flag. I wonder if Caleb Williams might start to slip a little bit. But why why were you when I opened the uh, the show sheet I saw in yellow red flag Caleb oh, Williams. Oh yeah, there I feel like there's been a lot of them with him, but he's so talented and he's already kind of designated the number one pick and he's gets so much rope to do stupid stuff or to be arrogant or to be I don't know, uh just kind of difficult in a way. The combine's going on right now. The quarterback showed up the other day, and we know how important the combine is. And the most important thing about the combine is the physical. Mm -hmm. He's refusing to do the physical. He's not doing a physical. He is saying that, you know what, when teams uh, fly me in for my one-on-one like interview into that city or for that team, he'll have a physical then. Mm -hmm. He says he doesn't want any other teams to know what his, um, you know, what his physicals hold. Like, he's not going to give everyone... Uh, information. So basically, Caleb Williams' logic in this is: I don't want the other, let's say, uh, twenty-eight other teams, because maybe there are four in it for the guy, right? Top four picks, whatever. Uh, what he, what Caleb Williams is saying is: Oh no, I don't want them to know where I'm hurt, or where I've had surgery, or what I'm dinged up on, yeah. or what I'm dealing with, or whatever. There's also the other way of looking at that and be like, Caleb, what are you hiding? That's the first thing I well, think of. Absolutely. What yeah, are you what hiding? Are you, well, I will tell you. So the guy's name is um so there's a quarterback named uh, Kool-Aid McKinsey. Hold on. Did I say it wrong? Way wrong. Kool-Aid. Hold on. You got that part. Yeah. He's a corner back. What did I say? Quarter. And Oh, potato potato. You know what I mean. He's cool. a he's a cornerback. Kool-Aid McKinstry. McKinstry. Okay. You go. His real name is Kool-Aid though, right? He uh he changed it, I do believe, it's legally. Like legally yes. Kool-Aid. Because Unbelievable. He has a, he had a Kool-Aid deal. Um they found out that he had I forgot what it was. He had some issue with his foot. Like he broke his foot. He has a Jones fracture in his foot. I do believe it's called. So they basically just sent him home. He doesn't have to run. And we remember we talked to Jeff Foster, the director of the mm-hmm. of the combine. And one of the questions is imagine all the injuries that you find because you'll literally go through three different rooms and in each room there's like six doctors and then each doctor will examine you. And then, lo and behold, the last set of doctors discovered that he had this injury. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So, he's not doing it. I'm curious how you feel about this because I feel like this guy is doomed to fail. He uh, Caleb Williams seems to be the kind of guy that when he's at the fork in the road, he kind of goes down his own road and is wrong a lot. But, you know, uh, Eli Manning did it. Uh, John Elway did it, something similar, trying to dictate terms. You know, he's on a whole nother level about, I want some ownership of the team. I want this. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to run. I'm like, wow. I mean, this guy is really treating it like a business. So I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, okay, good. But just remember, like, you're you're building this resume. You're the one who, like, is going to be judged. And when you get into the league and you suck or you're not absolutely fantastic, Mm -hmm. I wonder how he's going to handle it. Is he going to jump into the stands and hope that his mom's there to kind of like dry his eyes because he's crying? Is he not going to answer questions because he doesn't want to deal with the criticism? I mean, the guy's been pampered. He's been rich. 
He's been rich, like, for the last five years. Word is Caleb Williams last year made somewhere between 7 and $10 million at USC. That's just last year. Right. And we're not talking about the year they actually won the Heisman. He, oh, team- you mean or how much USC paid him to leave Oklahoma? Well, that's another thing. That's right, because he was at Oklahoma mm-hmm. with, uh, oh gosh. Well, he's with Lincoln Riley. With Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley bounced USC because they went and gave him a bunch of money. They never told him, well, we're going to the Big Ten, you're going to get pasted. You know, oh, I'm they, gonna I'm gonna declare for the draft then. Yeah, they they left the well. They also left that out for Lincoln Riley. Hey, Link, we're gonna yeah. jump leagues and you're gonna get smashed. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to fly from L.A. to Rutgers. Yeah, right. How often? Well, hey. go, go recruit Jersey. A lot of kids. Yeah, there. that's a good. hotbed of talent right there. That good Piscataway area. Oh, there's a ton of talent there. They're just not flying to USC. They're not going across the country. Uh, but the, the Caleb Williams. Uh, analysis is going to be interesting because I think with Jaden Daniels, there are people like Jaden Daniels is polarizing because of the tape and the way he plays in the LSU offense. Um, And I know we had like a texter when we were talking about the quarterbacks, WTF are they doing in college? Well, in a lot of instances, they're not doing what they're doing in the pros from a schematic standpoint. LSU is regarded as one of the, less complicated offenses, in part because you also got Malik neighbors who can line up and run by people even in the SEC. But you got guys coming out of different systems. Drake May has been groomed for this. I mean, his dad's been grooming him for this since he's been 21 years old. The difference is Drake May's dad isn't out there like Caleb Williams' dad asking goofy questions and sort of putting him putting his son in the spots where he has to answer for the old man. It's got a LeVar Ball vibe to it. Ah. It's got a LeVar. It's like, ah, you know. And really it's, good pull. And it's very, it's not very. Not as vocal, but you're right. You know, we were, t- we were even talking about this beforehand. Like, this is what, like, you know, stage moms do. Mm-hmm. This They're usually the ones, hey, go sing the national anthem. You have a beautiful voice. I'm going to put you in American flag dress. But the dad is the one who is pretty much representing everything for him, doing the interviews, saying that he needs this, doesn't like the pay scale, thinks that it all should be renegotiated, doesn't like the fact that the you know the NFLPA agreed to the terms, and the dude hasn't played a snap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it is, on one hand, I don't blame him. On the other hand, I go, man, I don't know if I could work with a guy like this. If he's because he's the type of guy that rolls into camp in a Lamborghini. Yep. He rolls into camp and then all the vets go, This guy. He hasn't even thrown a pass yet. Uh and, and how how am I gonna like this guy? And that's that's one of the things you wonder of the like, is he is he smart enough to avoid those kind of things? Or is Caleb Williams one of these guys where it's a little bit of that AAU mentality? Oh, I've already arrived. Hey, they they picked me number one. I've I've arrived. Hey, Mister Seven Year Veteran, like how you doing? It's aren't gonna, you Aren't you happy to meet me? And he knows it all. And I feel like there's this aspect. I mean, you hear him talk, and he's like, "Well, you know, he he sounds good." I've I've listened to every single quarterback that's been at the uh, the combine. Every single they're doing interviews after interview after interview. Some some like radio shows and some national shows will say, "Oh, Caleb Williams, superstar in the making," and the other ones were like. Eh. Even 32 teams can draft me. Uh, there's only one of me. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. Drake May had a hard line also. Did he really? I forgot awesome. what a hard line. Let me get it. Oh, yeah. You saw it also? Yeah. I was on the hand. I was like, oh, geez. Like, you were doing so well. 
you were saying all the right things, and every single one of these draftees, every one of these prospects, all of them, have all been coached to say yes, sir, no, sir. Mm-hmm. To the point where it's like obnoxious. I get it. You don't really speak like this. You're not from West Texas. Nobody says, I know where you're from. What? You mean if they say, oh, thank you, sir, no, sir, that they're all supposed to go, I, I do declare <laughs> no. myself for the draft. That's more like Kentucky. Foghorn, Leghorn, and does kind of have that southern. Oh, Drake it does. Do you have little... the hard line? You don't want a game plan. You don't form a game plan with me. So that's the biggest thing. Hold on. I, sp- I spoke over it. Give it to me again. You don't want a game plan. You don't form a game plan with me. So that's the biggest thing. You don't, you don't want a game, game plan, plan for me. You want a game plan with me. Yes. Because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a danger. I'm 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 gonna be trouble for you. You're gonna regret the day you passed on me. Isn't that basically oh, what he's saying? Oh God, the, the Josh Rosen. I'll make everyone pay me oh. for playing for them as a backup. That's oh, what he really should. Man, say. that was thirteen forgotten. teams can draft me. Uh, there's only one of me. You don't want a game plan? You know, form you want a game plan with me. God, most of the guys are real humble. I feel like that. That's. That, that, that's a KOD. That's, as, a K, that's a kiss of death. Yeah, the, the Drake May one doesn't feel as bad as the, the Caleb Williams one. Everything about Caleb Williams now is just so dopey to me. It's about him. It's just so selfish. And, yeah. and I get it. It's a business. And you say it's a game. But it's really a game wrapped up in an enigma, wrapped up in a game, wrapped up in a business. Good luck figuring it out once you get to the league. And hopefully someone doesn't think you're a complete dink and wants to help you navigate it. Because I don't know how much help he'd be getting for me. Like, if you roll in as a dink, I'm Brian Hoyering you. What do you want as through the eyes of the former veteran, right? If you're playing on a team with the number one pick in the draft and they're a quarterback, what are, say, the couple of pieces of advice you would give them so that you don't turn the veterans off right away? Pick up food when they ask you to. Be humble. Have a lot of humility. Have a uh, uh, thick skin because they're going to tease you. Uh, talk with everybody. Don't isolate yourself. Don't think you're better than anybody. You need to somehow win these guys over. You have to win them over. You are just anointed the CEO, leader of the team. Whether you like it or not, they will eventually, they're going to want to put a C on your jersey. So you have to win them over. And that means getting along with everybody. Like everybody. Challenging them, being tough, working harder than everybody, showing that you're a dog, showing them that you're willing to do whatever it takes to take them where they haven't been before. I don't know if that guy does it. I don't know. I have no idea. He seems like, and I don't want to like judge a book by it's like, you know, you know, one clip at a time, one 10 second clip at a time. And we don't want to go with some of the rumor and innuendo that is out there about the old man, but there are a lot of people that are now starting to kind of tell the stories of the dad sort of interjecting himself yeah. into He this. reminds me of Kyler Murray when he was trying to get an extension. You know, I, I tried to avoid the Calamari comparisons because I'm very hard on that guy. But there is very much a Kyler Murray vibe to Caleb Williams. Is it like a Lincoln Riley thing? Because Baker was viewed as not like amazing coming out. Yeah, and you know Baker, he played under some different people too, so there wasn't just he had the whole incident at Kansas where they planted the flag and then no, 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 no that, that was, was Ohio State. No, he had a, oh, he had a, Kansas was the Kansas. one where he grabbed his jump yeah. midfield. Nick almost in. I I, I tell you, that makes two games. But Baker Baker <laughs> gives know, off those vibes too. I don't think so. I think the Baker Mayfield vibe was totally. This guy walked on at Texas Tech, walked on at Oklahoma, walked on everywhere, proved everybody wrong, kept fighting for 
for his cre- for, for credibility. Like this guy, Baker Mayfield fought. feels team edgy. He is one hundred percent team edgy. Caleb Williams feels like tell me how great I am. Yeah, this guy is is willing to you know if there's like a fight at midfield. This guy jumps in front of a defense alignment and says, I'll go first. Like, that's why Baker Mayfield is loved by his teammates. Like, they love him mm-hmm. because, listen, he may not do the right thing, but he is one of them. He doesn't think he's better than anybody. He, he's just as nasty and, you know, and tough as any of those guys. He plays hurt all the time. Like, all the time he plays hurt. So I think people like him because of that. Let's go to Sam on the Cape talking the Patriots backup quarterback situation. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, I just want to make a couple points uh, about it. I think Gresh is half right as far in that you don't want to pay any reasonable amount of this cap space towards a backup that's not going to do anything besides start some games before the number three pick is ready. The main priority for the organization should be doing whatever you can to support the new quarterback, and that means getting someone who's going to be okay being his backup and just teaching him what it's like to play at the NFL level. And then as far as Mac Jones... He's the last person you can have doing that to this quarterback. What's he going to teach them? There's nothing he can do for them that's going to help them in any way. And then I don't know if you guys talked about it just as a little add-in. Drake May said it would be ideal if he sat for the first year. So just another little thing there. Yeah, no, that's a good pull there, Sam. And look, my whole Mac scenario was you've already got the guy there. It's $2.5 You're going to play him to lose anyway. And you would have another caddy, meaning like a Joe Flacco or someone to sort of handle the teaching. And I do think the Patriots need to go with three quarterbacks. But that's that's irregardless of the situation. There will be the discussion will ultimately morph to what is the best way to handle this number three pick. And the more I think about it, I'm really trying to think, Christian, of what quarterback was drafted and well thought of who sat and it ruined them. And there's none to come to mind. There are way more examples of guys who sat and ultimately were successful where, you know, you could look back in retrospect and go, boy, they should have played Mahomes right away. Yeah, but maybe Mahomes isn't Mahomes without all that time that he spent sitting. So I think ultimately the the discussion will morph into – what is the best way to kind of handle this young guy? Uh, let's go to uh, Peter in Brockton Regression. Fourier, Pete, what's up? Oh, uh, hey, you guys. Just uh, the Justin Fields thing that you guys were talking about a minute ago made me think of something. Uh, and it just doesn't just apply to Justin Fields, but the reason that somebody would want Justin Fields is because he's got crazy tools. Two years ago, he was like the most explosive runner in the entire NFL, like 70 yard touchdown runs. Like, He's basically the only quarterback that can do that, plus a rocket arm. So, you know, tools and, and a mental aspect is basically the best you can get. So at least you know you're going to get tools. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the only tool is him playing the position. I mean, all that stuff is nice, but everyone that we've talked to about quarterbacks and their arms, it's about anticipation and accuracy, not the cannon for an arm. And again, at some point, when do you look at some wins and losses along the way? I, I again, just rolling it up ten and twenty eight as a starter is Justin Fields. He's rehabable. Mac won ten as a rookie and went to the playoffs, and yet 
this guy can't be saved. It should. It goes to our conversation yesterday, Christian, of the you can talk yourself into anything with these draft picks and out of loving mm-hmm, yeah. them. And this is another one of those scenarios, except you actually have real evidence. And yet, goggles yep, are on. Don't believe your lying yeah. eyes. There you go. <laughs> goggles are uh, goggles are on. Uh, are you done? Brings it home on this Friday. Next. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Now it's time for. Are you done? Are, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? You done, right? You done, right? Are you done? Are you done? On Crash and Fourier. All right, we talked to Andrew Raycroft. We talked to Marloni today. If you missed either one of those, you can find them on the WEEI YouTube page. You got the Gresh and Fourier uh, folder right there on YouTube where you can find everything you need. We'll uh, get that up there for you. This is always good. The 413. Justin Problems was not the problem the last 25 games. Just the same numbers as Lamar. I swear it's not hard to do research. There's so much nuance to that. It's just insane. <clears throat> Are you playing with the lead? Are you not? How how impactful were, were Justin Fields' turnovers? And I guess I'd say this. The Chicago Bears, who have a terrible history with quarterbacks, and they're with the number one pick once again, it's amazing that Justin Fields could have all this talent that all these people on the outside see. And Ryan Poles is like, no, I'm just going to get rid of this guy. Yeah. What He's am I so missing? good. I yep. just rather have the other new guy that's a complete unknown also. I could trade down from the number one pick and get a whole bunch of stuff to take advantage of this unbelievably talented guy, yet we're going to punt him. Yeah. Anyway. I like to punt. Uh, no punting on Billy Lanny. Billy, are you done? Punting, done. Oh, oh my. Inside the 20. Chicken Nick, are you done? Dusky. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. You got, I'm also done. You got, uh, you what got, are you going to do? Wait, you got nothing? I got nothing. Who, me? What am I going to do? Um, I'm going to look for stuff to hit the cutting room floor. Like, how about this? Nick, get Kristaps Porzingis up, please. Thank you. So last night I'm rolling through Twitter and I'm looking after the game and all of a sudden I see Kristaps Porzingis. So I click on it and I can't believe that this guy from Lativia or whatever, Tingus Pingus, this dude answering questions in Spanish. This is Porzingis. Eh, sí, tenemos que seguir igual. No, ahora es el último ya como última etapa antes de antes del, uh, de los playoffs. Eh, sabemos que que va a ser duro, va a ser largo, va a ser duro para nosotros. Uh, nosotros estamos testeando diferentes cosas durante el partido. Eh, estamos jugando contra equipos como Philly que podríamos sí. ver también durante los playoffs. So, uh, what? I, that's amazing. It makes me just feel like just such an idiot. Like, I just, just I, w- I wish I could, but obviously he played, he must have played in Spain or played somewhere. No, he played he must, Spain. Is that what it is? He, he must have in played Spain? in another country, right? He's in Europe. He's well, playing in Europe. They're probably, you know, their AAU is in another country. No, but that's really interesting because, like, here in America, it is the, you know, you'll, like, learn a language in school and yeah. maybe you got to take a semester of it in college for no reason or something like that. But yet, apparently, Luka Doncic is the same way. Yep. So I don't know what they do with these European guys. Like, there are people here who, you know, they're, you know, I know it comes up with the Red Sox a lot, right? Or whatever, or baseball players. It's the whole, you know, can you speak the language? And then you find out that Christoph Porzingis played in Spain. 
and can speak the language and has been here in the NBA for what almost ten years. Uh, it now is or amazing you mentioned because Luke, yeah, because those two guys were at like a, this was older. Luca played in Spain for the U sixteen teams, oh. so he was like a kid. So yeah. And he but, was just forced to kind of survive, but, so yeah. he learned the freaking language. But even if you, like, learned the language, if you're not practicing it every day, like, I'm sure there are some people listening to us who are like, yeah, I was, I used to be fluent in Spanish, or I used to be fluent in fl- French, and, you know, I can kind of piece it together, but, you know, like, Christoph Porzingis is answering questions in other languages and we've been begging certain Red Sox players to do the same yeah. thing on the whole, you know, can you answer differently? Yeah. Be bilingual or whatever. I Of all the people in all the world, okay, maybe this is a me thing, I would not have predicted that the seven foot two guy from Latvia would be comfortable enough with his speaking Spanish to be able to answer in that language. I would he think he played in Spain for three years. We played for uh, from sixteen, time. right? And what about I don't um, think Spanish is way easier to learn than English. What about Luca? Because he speaks Spanish. Well, it was, also, it was one year. He he under sixteen or in that under sixteen. So Luca Doncic and Kristaps. So Kristaps was there three. Luca, it looked like it might have just been a stop. I would say Luca played for Real Madrid for also three years. 15, oh, all right. So there you go. Don't you think though that like if you're thinking about international players, the odds of them speaking basketball, international basketball players, guys that come up through the system, play right. in different countries, literally you hop on a train and you, Euro pass, and you're and you're in another country in two hours. Probably, I would say a high majority of them speak multiple languages. Well, it's funny because some people are jumping in saying most people uh, outside of the U.S. speak multiple languages. Those of us in America that are so lazy. We expect everybody lazy. We expect everybody to speak our language. Right. And then, hey, I'm in Greece. Hey, what's wrong with you? You don't speak English. Oh, this place sucks. We have one more Celtic-related nugget, and I'm hoping that Luka does play tonight as the Celtics are going to take on the Mavericks. I want a little MVP showdown. I'd like a a late-season, head-to-head sort of MVP battle between the two. However, according to Celtics assistant Charles Lee, said that Joe Mazzulla's practices are unpredictably creative, like when he had the team practice to Mozart with no talking. Yeah, no I, I actually I've heard that before. No talking, uh, you know, passing the ball, not being able to, you know, raise your hand or do anything. It's all nonverbal communication. And he also did that and he also created a whole nother scenario where they pumped in crowd noise for situational stuff like Bill does, but it's just random crowd noise. Mm-hmm. But while they were playing defense they pumped in the crowd noise from a real game of the fans yelling defense. So it created this real intense competitive vibe Love it. where they really felt like they were in the moment. So between that, between that, listen, the dudes, hey, pushing all the buttons, pulling all the levers. Like you got to keep it interesting. You got to keep these guys engaged. Like I, I feel like he's doing everything right because they winning all the time. You you got to find new creative ways to get these guys interested. What a great lesson! And Coop just pulled this quote up on uh, Twitch from uh, Charles Lee. He meaning Missoula ended up telling them the team that they had to go up and down the court with nonverbal communication, and he played Mozart in the background. Yeah, forces you to think differently. I I, I love it. How can you be against it? I mean, really. Uh, We never got to the uh, Sam Kennedy nugget. Sam Kennedy is now the CEO of the Fenway Sports Group, although he did tell the Greg Hill Show this week 
They are not selling the Red Sox. Love it or hate it. Mm. As far as you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not not, like, hey, they told me they weren't selling it. It's not like selling a house yeah. where they put a sign out front or anything like that. But I don't know. We'll There's revisit. No real estate sign outside of Fenway right now. Uh, uh, but they are staging. Chicken. It feels like a staging process. Yeah. I like that for you. Chicken Nick and Billy producing on the radio side. Coop on the digital side. If something went wrong, blame them. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. Foyer and I will see you at 10 a.m. on Monday. Jones and Mego are next. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.